everyone and welcome to what's your jersey podcast i'm your host jack lamar fuji and thanks for tuning in i hope you've all had a great week so far i um i've had a lot going on and i cannot wait to tell you guys about it uh my podcast guest this week and i get into all the things i'm very excited for him and if anything i've had uh, a bunch of really awesome guests lined up for you and my lesson from all of this is just ask for what you want. I reached out to people that I kind of was like, I don't know, they have a big following or they're probably super busy and, you know, don't have time to podcast. But I was like, fuck it. I just, I want to reach out. I want to talk to them. I want to see what's going on in their lives and how they got to where they are in life. And I want, you know, advice for you guys. And guess what? Everyone responded, great. And so I have Daniel Francesi this episode, and you guys are going to love him. You know him from Mean Girls. He plays Damien. Um, and a million other things. Uh, shit, Italians, Italian moms say, which I'm obsessed with. Uh, and yeah, next week we have Lacey Phillips from To Be Magnetic, which is a huge, huge, huge um, guess for me just because it's very full circle. We worked together over 10 years ago. So that's going to be a really fun one for you guys too. So I just want to say, ask for what you want. You never know. What's the worst thing that could happen? Someone says no, or the best thing is someone says, yes, just do it. Rip the bandaid off. Um, and have confidence in yourself. You know, uh, I feel like a lot of very full circle moments have been happening this week for me. And it's crazy because I've talked about it before where, you know, sometimes you're really stressed out or you're trying to make decisions. And I even, I felt really bad because my family was in town a few weeks ago and I was trying to decide about a certain job offer and, you know, just had a lot on my plate. And I was just feeling like I was walking around in a constant state of panic and anxiety because I just was unsure and didn't know what to do. And I feel like I really wasn't in the moment and present and engaged as much as I wish I could have been. And I, I don't like to say I regret it because I shouldn't have any regrets. And now reflecting back on it, I'm grateful for making the decisions finally. But if any, if anything, I can give you some advice to just make the fucking decision and let it go and, you know, be present and be happy with your loved ones and your family and everyone. Does that make sense? I hope I'm not rambling and sounding crazy, but you know, for me, it's definitely, I feel like I'm seeing a light at the end of the tunnel now because I've decided on things. And anyway, I want to get to Daniel because he's so amazing. Uh, before we get to him, I just want to say thank you so much for listening. Thank you for reading, reviewing, and subscribing. I honestly can't keep this podcast going without you guys. So I really love it when you support especially my sponsors. We have an amazing sponsor this week. I will talk to you more about it later. But if you guys are unfamiliar, it is the Lively brand. Lively is an amazing, amazing brand. It's it's inspired by what they think makes women sexy, smart, healthy, and active and outgoing. And it's bras and undies and just athleisure. And it's just lingerie. It's so cool. And you guys will love it. And I have a special offer for you. It's, um, for a limited time, you get $10 off your first order. And all you have to do is go to wearelively.com slash Jersey. So you enter Jersey at checkout 
And it's just W-E-A-R-L-I-V-E-L-Y dot com and enter Jersey and you get $10 off your first order. Guys, I've had a lot of orders. I'm not going to lie. I love their stuff. I think it's so sexy, but so comfortable and so chic and cool. And it's especially great. Summer's coming up. I ordered a string bikini from them and I felt confident and like I felt like I, I look pretty damn good, but also like could play games and run around all day in it. So I definitely recommend them and you'll hear more about that later. Uh, and I also have shows coming up if you guys want. I post everything on social media. So uh, just go to at Jacqueline Marfuji or at What's Your Jersey Podcast on Instagram, um, on Facebook, Twitter, at Jacqueline Marfuji. That's J-A-C-L-Y-N-M-A-R-F-U-G-G-I. Hi, and yeah, uh, I have a new show that I'm producing and hosting with Luciana Gatica, who's been a past guest. Uh, it's called Fuck, Mary Kill, and it's in Los Angeles. So we have one on May 16th at the Garage in Culver City, and then I think the next one's going to be at the Belmont um, on June 13th, which is the day before my birthday. So if you want to come say happy birthday and celebrate with me, do it. Uh, so yeah. I also have, you'll hear a lot about birthdays on this episode because it's my guest birthday. Uh, and why don't we get to him? So please, please, please share this podcast with your friends. I know that's the best way for me to hear about podcasts when people recommend them to me. Uh, and I just hope you have a great day and just know that I'm sure we're all doing our best and, you know, support each other. Be nice to someone today. Say, Hey, what's up? How's your day going? You know, because we're all going through it. Um, and yeah, I uh, I love you guys. And please enjoy Daniel Francesi. All right, meatballs. I have someone that could not be more on brand with this podcast. I actually just said to him, it's like you were born for this podcast. Um, he's currently eating meatballs because guess what? It's his motherfucking birthday. I got meatballs and ZD's <laughs> up in this piece. <laughs> guys, uh, I think you recognize that voice. He is a hilarious stand-up comedian, actor, writer, director, and you're a huge activist, which we're going to get into. He's also just fierce as fuck. Uh, so a huge advocate of medicinal mozzarella. <laughs> medicinal mozzarella. <laughs> mozzarella. Thank you for correcting yourself. Yeah. It's mozzarella. You know, get it, yeah, because this is the right kind of podcast. Yeah. I gotta like white it up for the white people. Yeah. No. Don't worry. We'll get we're it. We're here. We're, I'm in my zone. <laughs> I'm here for you. Safe space. Meatballs, you might also recognize him from like a tiny little movie called Mean Girls. Uh, uh, everyone, welcome to the podcast, Daniel Francesi. Hi! It me, it me! <laughs> it's you! With a mouthful of, of gravy a, a sauce. Gravy sauce balls. I what love do you call it. it gravy or sauce? Um, I call it sauce, actually. All right, I'm a gravy person. I know. That's fine. Well, fine. isn't gravy what you like cook the brajol and like all the meat, like all that? That's gravy. Sauce to me is like just sauce. My mom also says everything wrong. Like everything wrong. Really? Yeah, I, she has her own language. It's called mommy's. Mummies. Yeah. The other day, she, like, this is true. She, like, they're all true, but she, um, if I take her anywhere that's not Italian, it's like taking her to the country that of the origin of the food. Like, I took her to Thai food. She's like, what is this oriental dream? Like, she had no <laughs> idea where she was. Excuse me, waitress. What is this dumpling? I'm like, mom, come on. Like, really? It's like ravioli. <laughs> I mean, but you've had it in Chinese food. It's just like, you know what I mean? Like, why is yeah. it different? Because it's Thai. Like, it's just like a whole other world. Well, I ordered pad thai. She thought it was so weird and exotic. Was she like, this isn't pasta? She just didn't know what it was. And then, like, later on, she's like, there's peanuts on it? You know, and then, like, later on, I'm at home and I'm doing laundry at her house. Uh. And she's like, 
you know, if you're hungry, you got your Thai pads in there. And I'm holding a Tide Pod, and I'm like, what? What the fuck? She meant Pad Thai. But she was like, I got your Thai pads in the kitchen if you're hungry. Oh, my God. And your I'm like, mom. I'm like, Mom, I can't eat Tide Pods. I'm not a millennial anymore. <laughs> I never was. Um, that's okay. I feel like millennials are I'm really eating this whole plate you. of meatballs. If you don't eat that whole fucking plate, I swear to God, I'm calling it's, your mother. Honestly, if there's a plate of meatballs in front of me and I don't eat the whole plate, I feel like it's a problem. It's a sin. Yeah. Yeah, you don't do that. It's a sin. That's okay. While you're eating those meatballs, I had a few Mm -hmm. of your friends who have also been on the podcast before send some birthday messages for you so Mm. we can listen to them. Oh, well, first there's one. um, The fabulous Carly Craig, everyone. Yes, Yes, we love Carly. She wrote hers. Um, She did not send a voice note, but we have two other um, very special voice notes. So Carly, Carly, my little Coral Springs nugget. Oh my God. How amazing is Carly? She's the best. Um, from the same hometown. I, I, well, I think then this message makes a lot of sense. <laughs> uh, Carly said, tell him Carly Craig wanted to send her love to her hashtag nine, five, four homie. Nine, five, four in the house. <laughs> Coral Springs pride for life. <laughs> <laughs> And then, uh, this is someone who I think you might have just been in New York with, uh, Nikki Paris. Oh my God, I love Nikki. All right, so when I got asked to record a very special happy birthday message for my paisan Daniel Franzese, I immediately put down my rice balls to record this, which you know is a big deal for me. So I have to wish you the happiest birthday. You are such a special person and a light to everybody that comes into contact with you. You are a pioneer for LGBTQ people and their rights, and more importantly, a pop culture icon which better be on your linkedin i hope that all of your dreams come true this year because you truly deserve it you do go here and you are so fetch happy birthday this is the cutest thing so when i got asked okay we get it you're killing me (laughs) all right and the grand finale um i i love this one you're making my birthday right now really yeah i wasn't doing anything but working today and now i'm like oh my god look at this i'm having fucking pasta and some ziti with some like meatballs with candles in them like and i'm listening to my friends this is cool yeah well you're pretty right. cool so that's why and one more message from you know a podcast favorite hi daniel it's me danny pellegrino from one gay italian danny to another uh-huh. i hope you have the most amazing birthday i'm sending you all the love in the world for the most wonderful birthday week month and year ahead thank you for all the laughs sending all the love happy birthday Hey! Hey! Burr, I burr, love burr. this. Oh man, guys! If you don't like Italian shit, I would shut this off now. Yeah, the same for you. <laughs> How's your year been so far? It's good. It's good. I mean, I've been touring. I haven't really been home, and um, I've been seeing the country. Spoiler alert: it's mostly corn. Um, yeah, guys, yeah. even in New Jersey, where I grew up in Princeton. It's just corn, corn everywhere. <laughs> I had, like, no clue. Really? Yeah, like, I didn't know that we were, like, like the corn country, but we are. Yeah, because we don't have that here in California. No. We're palm tree country. We're just... Yeah, I mean, even if you go out there, you might get, like, raisins or avocados. You don't get corn. No, no corn. Uh, were you just in New York City? Mm-hmm. What did you do there? I headlined Comic Strip Live. Oh, how did that go? It was incredible. Um, Nikki was actually there. He he featured. um, It was so fun. I had Sydney Washington and Emma Willem and Mm -hmm. I mean Emma Willem and so many different cool people. Like it was so fun, and it was the 15th anniversary of Mean Girls that night. Exactly. So that was really great, and to be on that stage, which you know Jerry Seinfeld and Jim Gaffigan, all these people started out on, it was just so fun and so real, and everyone packed the place. It was really great. They turned out. Yeah. They. I mean, we had so many Italians there. Really? I love playing New York. 
Because it's just all my guineas. They're all there. They're all there. So I want to know, because sometimes, like, I open with, if you can't smell my spray tan, I'm from New Jersey. <laughs> um, and so when I go to Jersey, I'm always like, are people going to, like, like this? Or am I, like, making fun of it? Like, how do you feel when you're, like, doing all the Italian jokes? Or are people just like, yes? Yeah, they love it. They're, like, plugged into it. You totally. know, we love re- – we are a culture that loves representation. We love being made fun of. We're, oh like, God. fine with it, you know? Yes. Um, uh, who is it? Uh Oh, ma'am. Um, damn, now I'm going to get, like, lost in my head. Uh, what's his name from Crashing? Um, Crashing. Uh, Pete Holmes? Yeah, Pete Holmes. <laughs> I was like Ed Helms. It was, like, the wrong name in my I head. Like the, the yeah, it's, it's how it rhymed, and I'm, like, drinking tequila. But um, <laughs> Pete has this really funny bit about um, how, like, you, you can't really be racist to any uh, – race except for italians like like where is it okay just to like like mario is like the most racist thing ever you know what i mean like <laughs> yes. he's like it's so true it's like you know like literally a commercial is like get a pizza da, da, da. like you couldn't do that with asians like no. we're like do it more give us more <laughs> we're just happy to be there we so are yeah. i love it i'm leaning into it it's, yeah, fine. it's fine i love you guys probably are very familiar with his shit italian mom say hey. my favorite thing one of my favorite things is tell donna because every mm-hmm. italian mom has a friend named donna i know it's so true right and kids named anthony oh Annie, which one of you bastards suck a cocky in my bathroom <laughs> I got a hundred of them. I really want to make the animated series because I feel like I can go on forever. Oh my god, yeah. Just for like a hundred things that my mom says. It's like everything. I, and all of her mommies, it's like so she's hilarious. I'm like, Ma, did you hear that Bill Cosby only got three years? Yeah, and I'm really upset with the jujitsu system. I had it with that. I'm like it's just like, <laughs> like you know We're doing I really karate. like that Brian Seacrest. You know, it's just like it doesn't matter. It's like always something Oh I see I'm a half C. So my mom, I, I always wanted to have that like Italian <laughs> mom thing. My mom leans into it though. She's like blonde, blue eyed, like she looks like a little Stepford, like perfect mob wife. Right. We're not in the mob. We're not in the mob, guys. We <laughs> we work for a cheese company. That's it. Um, Locatelli, if you'd like some cheese. <laughs> hey. hey. Um, before we you get work for this, this is for my dad. My, I don't. <laughs> this is from your family. Yeah. No, he is like the president and CEO of Locatelli Cheese, guys. How come I am I getting cheese sent to my house? Uh, yeah. Happened? We're going to send you some cheese. It's happened before on the podcast. <laughs> don't worry. Jill Kimmel, we went on tour overseas together. And when we came back, she got an entire just like case yes, of Locatelli. That's better happen to me. It's my birthday. It's your birthday. putting it's it out there. Your motherfucking birthday. I need some Locatelli over here. Yes. Okay. So rapid fire uh, question round just because you guys might want to know how to pronounce shit. Um, we've already gone over a few. Saucer gravy i'm a gravy person gravy. Yeah. although i think pizza sauce yes spaghetti sauce yes but like like macaroni gravy i'm leaning more into the gravy now because it's thicker when it's thick yeah i like it thick yeah i like it thick <laughs> um mozzarella or mozzarella 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 yeah. mozzi do you have yeah, a favorite little like moots. little yeah there's no good mozzi out here yeah you know what i had out here which this is so la i had um vegetarian mozzarella I knew you were going to say that. And it was so good. Was it good? It was like nut-based, which I mean... Like cashew? I don't know what it... God bless you. I don't know what exactly (laughs) it was, but it was um, spreadable. Oh, my God. So it doesn't sound right, but it had the flavor of mozzarella. It did? So It was a whole other thing. It wasn't in place of, it wasn't as good as, but it is its own thing. I was like, I'm into her. Okay. Wait, where was this from? It was at Air One. Uh, Ah, I have acting class right across the street from there. So you're going to have to get yourself some. I can go tomorrow. It was really good. Um, Get something to spread it on. Maybe like the end of the semolina bread. 
Uh, you said semolina. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> I love it. Um, is it gnocchi or gnocchi? Gnocchi. Oh, I go gnocchi. That's yeah. okay. You're from? Are you from Brooklyn? Mm-hmm. But you grew up in South Florida, right? Which is yeah. Diet Brooklyn. Yeah, okay. Diet Brooklyn. I, oh God, I love it. Uh, the beach or the shore? Mm. The beach, because I because Fort Lauderdale. For, yep, there it is. I never <laughs> went to the shore really. That I wasn't like my journey. I. <laughs> We used to go to actually to Cape Cod because my, my aunt moved there. That's where we went. Yeah, and that was different. There was the Cape. There was the Cape. Yeah, yeah. and we would sometimes do Martha's Vineyard later on in life. Okay, yeah. I did that for weddings. Yeah, <laughs> weddings <laughs> Weddings on the vineyard. Yeah, the Cape. We had hurricanes there. We had to weather a few storms uh-huh. during the I summer. I saw my first comedian there. I saw Paula Poundstone at the Cape Cod Melody Tent. Oh, my God. Wait, because there was Provincetown. Uh, yeah, actually, my first was Gallagher. Oh, wow. Was that the first stand-up you ever saw? Yeah, live, yeah. My mom took me for my fifth grade graduation. That's a good mom right there. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I want to see Gallagher so bad because I had seen his specials in Comedy Central and um, I saw him guest star on Facts of Life <laughs> on a rerun. <laughs> and I was like, I'm doing that. Uh, that's it. Is that when you were like, yes, I want to do stand-up? I loved to stand-up my whole life. I didn't want to do it for so long because I was afraid of it, but also afraid of like sounding gay or talking about something inauthentic until mm-hmm. it was like I fully felt like I could be myself which really wasn't until 2014 and I could like just be honest about everything in my life mm. then I felt like I could really pursue it so that's when you kind of started doing it yeah before that I was like doing open mics or I was doing sto- a lot of storytelling like a oh, lot okay. of storytelling like the moth and risk and all of the good storytelling stuff um and then I was like okay I like eased into it I never even thought of it as an option like I was like a theater girl Right. Like, it wasn't like, oh, let's do stand-up. Yeah. Like, it was – I I grew up sneaking, like, Elaine Boozler and Rita Rudner on, like, HBO late at night. <laughs> Rita Rudner, yeah. <laughs> She's I, – I still remember her set from the 80s. Like, yeah. Yeah, she was great. It, it, we have, like, a fly flying around my wind right now. I'm very sorry yeah, about I'm that. I don't know how this, it got in uh, here. <laughs> we get to it. Um, okay, Goodfellas or Casino? Casino is my favorite number one movie of all time. Me too, guys! I love Goodfellas, but it's, like, super gory. Like, I it love is. it, and so is – um, parts of Casino, but yeah. like the journey there is so juicy. I mean, Ginger Rothstein is goals. Yeah. A goals character. <laughs> <laughs> Not maybe IRL goals. Um, right, right, right. <laughs> Everybody got grease. Everybody got a tip. I like love it. Oh my God, I love it. I should have had us read a scene from Casino at the mm. end of this. God damn it. My favorite. I, when I started playing fantasy football, I'm sure you have a fantasy football team no <laughs> no maybe I, a fantasy drag team there you go oh we can maybe have you make one of those at the end um i named my team it was sam rothstein's team nice. yes right um okay uh the sopranos or the godfather 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 oh okay one two or three um two two yeah yeah i feel like that's a lot of people's favorite yeah yeah that's a good one uh de niro or pacino uh, De Niro. De Niro. There's like no contest there for me. I love it. I love Pacino. Don't get me wrong, but like if I have to choose, yeah. Sorry, buddy. Have you met either of them? No. No, I haven't met either. We sat next to Pacino at a restaurant, and you just felt like you were in the middle of Scarface for like two hours. Oh, that's major. He was just talking the whole time, and you're like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, Lorraine Bracco, Karen in Goodfellas, or Doctor Melfi, The Sopranos. Karen. Karen. This is why we don't have nice things, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love that. <laughs> so good. It's so good. This makes me just want to watch all these movies now. And when she's like, yeah, go get a dress right down the block. Yeah, over there. <laughs> me and my brother do it to each other still. <laughs> really? 
<laughs> They'd be like, yeah, it's over there. In the closet. You want a towel? Go over there. <laughs> Down the block. How yeah. much? This much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, meatballs or bolognese sauce? Um, meatballs. Meatballs. Yeah. My mom's been doing this thing lately, which is like, how dare she? Why? But you know those, you know those Hawaiian little rolls? You know what I'm talking about? The yeah. King, King's Hawaiian? Uh-huh. Everyone loves them. They're yeah. delicious. You don't even need butter. You can no. just pop them, right? <laughs> she takes those. She cuts the top out. Okay? Okay. She, gets a, she makes a meatball with a piece of mozzarella in the meatball. Stop. How dare she? She takes it. She puts it inside the King's Hawaiian, puts gravy on top, puts the cat back on, then puts cheese on top, then puts it back in the oven and makes these little break-off meatball subs. Oh it's my like, how dare you? God. It's so good. I'm dead right now. Yeah. That's what I... I'm sorry I didn't make that She's like you. inventing shit. Like, I don't even know at this point. Like, I'm, she's just making delicious stoner food. Is your mom... <laughs> is your mom still in Florida? <laughs> yeah. She is. I was going to say, can we get her over here? <laughs> yeah, she will be here. She'll come here and she cooks. Ugh. I will 100% have you over when oh she my does God, that. I would love that. I just want to yeah. meet her. I, I, no, I no, love, she's fantastic. I love how close you guys are, and we'll get into... This morning, we t- I, I painted her a watercolor artichoke while we talked on the phone. <laughs> That's like what we did. Were you Britney Spears just painting? I don't know. I've been like painting watercolors lately. I don't know what it is. Really? Yeah. Is it therapeutic for you? It is. I started just like doodling um, succulents and just painting them. I mean, succulents. So on brand. But I tried. I was like, I'm going to do an artichoke today. And I had it in my fridge and I took the artichoke out and I, it looked beautiful. It looked beautiful. Oh, okay. Who even knew? Yeah. 41 it's... just begun. <laughs> I love for My boyfriend's 41. Yeah. It's just a great figuring age. it all out. Yeah, exactly. It's all good. Um, so you've, I feel like you probably don't even know this, but we've met before. Um, I auditioned for Jersey Shores of Cole out here. Oh. <laughs> I did. Yes, I did. I even got called back. And then I just, I'm kind of like a triple threat, but like medium in each area. And I feel like the vocals just didn't stand. You know, you don't have to really feel that bad. <laughs> to be honest with you, the female competition was so tough that it was day. so fierce. We only had that one audition, so I know the day. You know the day. Yeah. And I mean, I picked this one girl who's just like Broadway killer. Oh. But then the other part that I was looking at. That you might have been up for. I was Sammy Sweetheart. Oh, you were Sammy that. Sweetheart? I was up for Sammy. Oh, yeah. Somebody <laughs> in the company ended up moving up to that part. So, really? that, so don't feel bad about that. Okay, but thank you. Jessica Buttafuoco, the daughter of Mary Jo and Joey Buttafuoco, ended up getting cast. What? Like, how could you compete with that last name? I, I was mean. Like, and she's incredible, and she's one of my best friends now. Oh, my God. Wait, yeah. is she out here, or yeah, did you guys out fire here. her? We actually have a podcast, right? Well, she's on my podcast all the time as one of my, like, regular co-hosts at the Comedy Store. What? I'm a... Uh, uh, West Hollywood brunch. Yeah, it's new. It didn't premiere yet. I was just gonna say you're not yeah. doing Butcher and the Bear, right? No, not anymore. But okay. this is um uh uh called West Hollywood brunch, okay. and it'll be coming out soon. Yeah. Oh my god, I love this. So I because I want you to plug shit at the end, but you never know. Let's plug stuff in the beginning. So you have a show at the Comedy Store. I do called West Hollywood brunch. Okay, yeah, tell- which is the spinoff of the podcast. Well, the podcast is the spinoff of that. Okay, it's basically like okay. So the belly room was created so like women could have a shot to be on stage because mm-hmm. back in the day, you know, it was like all white men, and then yep. like then they created it sort of like as the alternative space. Well, it still is, and we have the gay show, the one gay show at the Comedy Store, at the legendary Comedy Store. Finally, there's an LGBTQ showcase, and I host it, and it's fun. It's literally like like Def Comedy Fags or something. I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> like, it's like so yes. much fun. Like The audience is mostly straight, and they come to see us. So usually like when a gay person's like on a, like the token on a stand-up show, they're mm-hmm. always like, I'm gay, and this is what it's like to be gay, and it's like annoying, you know? Yeah. Because we have so much input beyond that. So now it's like... Everyone's gay. Let's get you, let's take your seven minutes or whatever and talk about the next level of 
thing. Yeah. So that's much more interesting, I think. And we're oh, getting into that. what people's opinions are and like how they grew up and you know all their perspectives beyond just the fact that they're gay. When do you do the show? Um, it's once a month. Okay. Um, right now we're actually doing two a month because we're doing them um, at um, other locations too, just to try to test out what a pilot might look like, you know. Mm. But um, we are doing. Um, we, we're like w- one Friday a month. It changes based on my availability, but it's like one Friday a month um, at the world famous comedy store. And it's not during brunch. No, it starts at 8 p.m. because that's when we wake up. That's when you guys get up. I just had a show on Tuesday at the comedy store. It was the Funny Dance Show. Yes, I did the TV show of that. You did the TV show? I did, yeah. Guys, I'm sorry. I keep squealing. I'll stop. I won't, but whatever. It's really fun. Yes. Yeah, I love those girls. Heidi was my team captain. She was Okay, I've done it twice. She was my first team captain when Lance Bass was the judge. Oh, that's fun. And wait, who did you get to work with on it? Um, you know, it was a, a whole bunch of new people to me, which was really awesome. Okay. It wasn't like, cause usually they pair you up with friends and stuff, but yeah. we still had a great time and the show itself is so fun. Ugh. Um, I don't want to reveal anything about my episode. It's just a good episode. I think you have to tell me after I can't wait. Yeah. Yes. Um, it was really fun for me. It was like a very special moment because I grew up loving the choreographer, Brian Friedman. Uh-huh. And for Meatballs, you've heard me talk about him before. He, you know, was in the Amish Free video. He choreographed Britney Spears' tours. He's choreographed for Prince and, and Sync and awesome. all these amazing people. And he's he's huge on, like, YouTube now. Like, all the videos at, like, Millennium and, like, everything. Like, sure, he's just sure, sure. massive. He's probably, he's a judge on So You Think You Could Dance. Like, he's just, and he gets it. I don't know about you, but I love, like, Fosse. And I love, like. Sure, I love a Fosse moment. Love a Fosse. And we're going to have to get into Fosse yeah. Verdant after this. Um, he seen yet oh daniel I i've been well, i'm letting them stack up i feel like everyone thinks i'm like sponsored by it because i've literally <laughs> talked about it for the past two months i'm very excited i thought it was a ryan murphy thing but it's not huh i know it feels like it yeah when yeah. you watch it right i <laughs> i want to hear your opinion on it once you see all it. right i promise yeah i think the acting's really good scene work amazing dancing uh i can't wait no it's it's dark which i fucking you know love. what's weird is i have a roku and i have um my mom's cable so it's like i'm able to like get into like any channel so i have the fx channel on my roku but they're like this show is not supported what so i can't watch it on my roku so i can't watch it yet i like it they're playing hard to get with you yeah they are but i'm gonna go home (laughs) next week and uh to my family to take my niece to see the lion king and (laughs) i'm gonna uh go and binge it there Perfect. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Brian was the judge, and I was so nervous. And Mary Lynn Rascube, is that how you say her name? Yeah. From 24? Yes, Rascub. Um, they were on the panel, and I was so nervous because I used to dance, and I still choreograph. So, like, there was a lot of pressure. Um, <laughs> and they wanted me. I wasn't a big Game of Thrones person, and I'm just getting into it. But they wanted me to do Call Me Mother by RuPaul as Khaleesi and, like, the Mother of Dragons. Oh, like, yeah, that's awesome. And we fucking nailed it. I had two guy dancers, Nick Teddy, Jason Layden, and they were my dragons. And then at the uh, end, we had comedian Brad Williams come out the back door as uh, Tyrion, Peter Dinklage. incredible. And I died. And there, if you and guys... you won? I won. Yes, yes. with Dana Moon. And we <laughs> killed it. Like, it was, like, just crushed. Like... Also, our competition, who I love, Willie Hunter and Jeremiah Watkins, love them, but they did not prepare much, and it showed. Oh. Um, so, yeah. So, Brian Friedman, if you go to my Instagram and all the social medias, basically was like, you're a dancer, dancer. And like, yes. like it was, I was crying. It was like, oh, dream come true. it was a dream come true. 
It was a big win. So the belly room is really special. Yeah, I put the belly in the belly room. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm coming to your next WeHo Brunch show, but you also have another one, Daniel Francesi and Friends. Yeah, I I have Daniel Francesi and his amazing friends. um, That's once a month as well at um, uh, Flappers Flappers in Burbank. And then um, I also do House of Glen Coco, which tours, and it's just a group of different queer and alt comics and i'm doing that at drag con this year like i'm doing a stand-up show at drag con oh my god i know it's gonna be really fun i have a very busy packed weekend at the end of the month because it's on friday there's it's drag con during the day and then uh comedy store at night saturday we're doing a show at drag con sunday it's drag con and then the show at night and then monday on memorial day we're doing hamburger mary's big gay show so i mean i mean just staying booked and blessed and highly favored Look at you. <laughs> Hair flip. I love it. No, um, I went to see a live podcast of Willem. Um, uh, race Chaser. Race. Oh, yeah. Hilarious. <laughs> Very funny. Who played Wow in Jersey Shore's Nicole? Shut up. I didn't know yeah. that. I was in Tony and Tina's right after he was in it. Oh, wow. Did that's you cool. do Tony and Tina's? I did the first national tour of Tony and Tina's of wedding. Of course you did. Who did you play? I was Mickey Black, the um, the son. I was a swing. I was the son of the uh, caterer. and the, But I also went on for Dominic. The I went on for the best man. I went on for um, Donnie Dolce for three months. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. I the, love it. The wedding singer. The wedding singer. Yeah. You know what I love? Lively brand. Do you guys know what Lively is? I actually didn't know about it until recently. And I think it embodies everything that a What's Your Jersey podcast listener embodies. Uh, Lively is actually inspired by what they believe makes women sexy today, which is smart, healthy, active, and outgoing. Duh. That's all you meatballs listening. Um, And the coolest thing about the brand, they're delivering bras and undies that Blur the aesthetic lines of lingerie, active, and swim. So basically, they take the best elements of high style and comfort, we're all obsessed with comfort, from each category. And they're establishing an entirely new category and point of view of lingerie and a movement that we can call leisure. Guys, I love, I always say I love classic with an edge and that's how I felt about the Lively brand as soon as I went on the website and saw everything. And once I went on the website, I was like, oh my God, I recognize so many different things that I've seen other girls wear and I'm just like, I don't know where that's from, but I'm obsessed with it and I love it. And everyone I've seen wearing the Lively brand just looks so goddamn cool. Um, If you guys don't know about it, it offers bras and undies and it's you know, it's all the things. I actually ordered a cute little swimwear, um, the lively uh, string bikini, and I got it in jet, jet, jet black bottoms, but I got the triangle top in white because I wanted to highlight, you know, a little cleavagey boob action. So I was like, hey, white will make it stand out. And then the triangle bottoms in black, you know, to hide some flaws, but also the way they fit. Um, my parents were actually in town from Jersey recently and, um, we stayed at a house and there was a pool and I wanted a bathing suit that made me feel sexy because, you know, the main squeeze was there and I wanted to look cute, but I also wanted it to be like family appropriate. And I felt just so confident and comfortable and it was great to like play games in the water. And I just, I took a shit ton of selfies in it because guys, that's what you're supposed to do now in 2019, right? Just make sure everyone knows what you're wearing. Um, but I just felt really confident and also cool. 
Um, so I'm obsessed with the bikini I ordered. And then I also got it. it I always hear about t-shirt bras, but they're never sexy. Uh, until now I got the all day t-shirt bra in toasted almond. And the coolest thing about the bras, I love a good mesh anything. And the, I guess you would call it the band that goes around your, your back and your rib cage, um, is all just mesh and sexy. So it adds this sexy element to a t-shirt bra. Um, so I haven't just been hiding the bra. I've actually been wearing it out and feeling, you know, confident and it's so soft. It's so soft. I wear it under everything. It also gives you good cleavage shockingly, which I've never been able to find in a t-shirt bra by the way. Uh, but it's just really cute and awesome. And you can wear it with everything. Um, basically the brand is high style meets ultimate comfort. It's so soft. It's lounge worthy. And there's such cute details. Again, classic with an edge. I love a good detail. It supports your life. You can wear it all day because it's so comfortable. Seriously, it's the most comfortable bra you'll ever wear. Um, and also the cool thing about them, it's a brand built for women by women to inspire them to live life passionately, purposefully, and confidently. Um, and they empower within a community. Um, there's a podcast. There's the Lively Podcast, guys. There's um, a blog. There's all this stuff where you can stay connected to other women that are like-minded, which I absolutely love and I'm obsessed with because as you guys know, if you've listened to What's Your Jersey, I always love promoting podcasts that I love and are inspiring. And this is one of them. Um, also, they have such a wide range of bras and styles and they're for different body types. And if you go on the website, you will see all different body types. Um, I ordered recently the lace strapless bra because I think it's sexy as fuck. Um, it's so hot, but also just does what it's supposed to do. It stays up and it gives you cleavage and you can wear it under anything. And the cool thing about the different body types, their sizes are 32A to 44 triple D guys. So basically there's no excuse. Everyone can wear this. Um, and you can choose from bralettes, t-shirt bras, push-up bras, plunge bras, no wire bras, which I love because wires can jut into you sometimes. And it's just easy to find your favorite go-to pieces. Also, another huge benefit because we all know this. If you, um, you know, have a larger cup size, I find a lot of the bras are more expensive. Not the case with At Lively. It's always one price for all, any style, color, or size. At Lively, they believe in charging one price for all women. Doesn't that make sense? doesn't matter how much fabric you're using. It's all one price for the same bra. Um, and I just love their products. It's, it's very innovative. And I think they're ahead of their time when it comes to styling. And it's also really easy to find your perfect fit. They have a fit guide and it actually features lively customers in a step-by-step -step process for any bra or type. So you can find your perfect fit. Um, and another cool thing, you can refer a friend. And for every friend that signs up for Lively and makes a purchase, you receive 100 points. Guys, that's $10. So it's like free money if you're just sharing it with your friends, which again, I always say, share it with your friends. Um, and it's um, there's free and easy returns and you can just use the prepaid shipping label included in every package. And the cutest thing about the package, guys, they sent it to me in this adorable light pink 
box and you open it and it says best day ever on the inside and then it says hashtag living lively. I mean, it just made my day better, guys. Uh, but I love it. I, for real, I've been using their stuff and I am 100% behind it. And they also have really cool accessories and just athleisure loungewear. And I can't wait to order more. Um, and I think you're probably wondering how you can order. I have a very special offer for you. For a limited time, you get $10 off your first order by visiting wearelively.com slash jersey. And all you have to do is enter jersey at the checkout. And it's, again, only available in the U.S. So it's w-e-a-r-l-i-v-e-l-y dot com slash Jersey. You enter the promo code Jersey. That's capital J-E-R-S-E-Y. And it's super easy. You get $10 off your first order. Um, it's great. You could order stuff if you're a little late on your Mother's Day presents. Do it for Mother's Day. Do it. There's so many birthdays coming up for um, June friends of mine that uh, now I know what I'm getting everyone born in June and the end of May. Uh, and it's great because it's affordable and the sizes and the color, everything, it's just so awesome. And there's a lot of really great basics. For me, I felt like I was just Jennifer Aniston living her best life in like the early 2000s when I put everything on. And who doesn't want to look like Jennifer Aniston now or in the early 2000s? Like I just felt cool and everything. And it's just so soft but yet sexy. So again, guys, for a limited time, get $10 off your first order by visiting wearelively.com slash Jersey and enter Jersey at the checkout. It's only available in the US. W-E-A-R-L-I-V-L-Y.com. Jersey promo code. Now let's listen to more from Daniel Francesi. Um, I want to get in to all things you because this is what's your Jersey and we find out where you're from and how you got to where you are. Sure. Yes. So you. Sure. 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 Jersey. Sure. <laughs> you grew up in Brooklyn, but then you moved to South Florida, right? right? I'm mm-hmm. right. What? Yeah. How did that happen? Why did well, you those are the only there? choices when you leave Brooklyn. They're like, are you going to Jersey, Staten Island or Florida? Where are you going? Florida. You know? yeah, Where it's so. We chose Florida. I guess, like, around that time, there was, like, a big push for people to move to Florida. They were, like, it was, like, blizzards and, you know, people were spray painting on churches and libraries. It was, like, the 80s, you know? And then they put up, like, these billboards that were, like, if you were home, you you know, if you lived here, you'd be home. And it was, like, the beach. Home starting at, like, 60,000. And people were, like, what? I know. So, my grandparents moved out there like everyone else's did. And then it was just, like, let's go. My dad had an opportunity to transfer. Okay. He worked for the post office at the time, and he could transfer, so he transferred there. That's great. And then starting with second grade, I was out there. Yeah, and so I feel like you're like big fish in little pond when it comes to like being an Italian because you're like around oh, everyone. Everyone was Italian in New York. Yes. Like every, the teachers, the principal. <laughs> <laughs> and then I get to um, uh, Florida, and I'm the only one. You know, it was very weird. They yeah. were like, say door again, and I'd be like, door, and they'd like make fun of me, you know? Yeah, like, whatever. I mean, in high school, I was one of three Italians. Were you always like a natural born performer, though? Were you like, oh, yeah. yes, let, let 100%. Me. My grandfather, who was Italian, when he moved to Brooklyn, my great grandfather, um, they said, uh, we don't want a greasy Italian like you living on this block. And he was like, you son of a bitch. One a day, I'm going to own the whole block. And then he had like 12 kids, and they all bought a house on the same block in Brooklyn. That's incredible. And I grew up on that block. And so, like, when I learned my ABCs or a song, like bingo or whatever, anything like that, um, I would go around to what I affectionately call the coffee table circuit and just like hit everybody's coffee table and like perform for Aunt Nina, then go to Aunt Roro's, then go across to Adele's and like <laughs> yeah. 
I would just like work everybody's coffee table like from birth. So I've just always been an entertainer. Yeah. I've always been, you know, and then like um, being chubby and also being like queer and not really knowing what that meant. Like, um, you know, it was a defense mechanism my whole life. It was like my Pokemon fighter like abilities. Yeah. Like it was like anytime someone made fun of me, I had to be funny, you know, and if and or I was going to get beat up, I had to make be funny, you know. And then the same thing with um, growing up in my family. My dad grew up with five brothers. Like they were all very teasing each other, a very teasing family. Because that's love in an Italian family. Yeah, of. it was a little overboard. but <laughs> It was a lot. But they were just very much like on each other all the time. So my dad would tell us all these nostalgic affectionate stories about him and his brother used to like pull pranks on each other and things and it made me and my brother want to do that to have those memories but all it did was cause rifts is it just the two of you we have a sister too but she was like the princess like me and my brother got it all you know my sister was just like she was just a princess i mean that's what we are yeah (laughs) that's what we do and um it was like no matter who was right and if me and my brother were fighting whoever made my dad laugh was the one that got off like you know what i mean that's like cool, the other though. person would get like punished, so we had to like be funnier. You it's know, like an open mic every day at home. Yeah, it was stressful, but um, it you know it made me think under pressure. Yeah, you thicken your skin up. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Look I got at you, skin of rhinoceros, the heart of a lion. <laughs> I used to force my cousins to like perform with me and do like talent show, and they hate me. They still <laughs> hate me for it. Oh, my my siblings can tell you all those stories before the movie would start. I'd be like, we have a captive audience; they want to be entertained. <laughs> It was like, we, I was like, let's get up there. And they'd be like, no. And I'd make them like do things like in front of the movie theater before we started. Oh my God. The movie started. Yeah. Like even before they started doing like commercials and all that stuff, you yeah. know, get there early. As soon as people start walking and start entertaining them, be like, hello, ladies and gentlemen, like crazy. I want to start doing that here. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of like the arc light, I guess. Yeah, it kind of is jokes. actually. Um, when did you start getting into like theater and stuff though? Like, did you automatically just go right into it in South Florida? Like, how did when you- I was like in kindergarten and stuff? I loved like Kids Incorporated. Obsessed. Obsessed. Who was with your it. favorite? It was my favorite, and Annie was a big deal. Brian Friedman was, like- was on Kids Incorporated, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, he was on it. I think after Fergie was on it. I wanted to be Stacy Ferguson. Yeah, it was a little bit like I watched it from like the beginning, and I remember one time they were holding auditions. Like they were like, after Kids Incorporated, they were like, mm. "We're looking for two new young people," and it was like, the "Auditions are in Manhattan." I was like, "Mom," <laughs> she was like, "You don't sing, you don't dance. What do you want? To, what are you gonna do if I take you out there? It's all the way in the city." No, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, that was my chance," you know, Same. like, um, just like always wanted to do that kind of thing. So yeah, since I'm a little kid, um, had all those desires and yeah. What was the first like theater show you did? I um. When we moved to Florida, I ended up auditioning. My my mom was taking my baby sister to like go be a Gerber baby or whatever at this like, agency, and I was like, "You better take me!" And so I pretended to be sick. I pretended I had appendicitis at school, and That's then a good one. yeah, I just held my side and I'm like, "I don't know, I just feel this pain." They're like, "You need to come get him right now," and like, and my mom was like, "You bastard!" She like knew. She knew. <laughs> And then they t- she took me to the agent, and me and my sister were, like, running around in the lobby, and the agent was like, quiet! And I was like, that's it. There's my shot. Mm-hmm. And then she met me and talked to me, and she was like, to show you I'm not a meanie, I have an audition for you. And she put me up for this audition for a toy car commercial, which I booked. And so, that's so cool. then I was like, oh, my God. And my parents were like, well, this was a lot for us. This was really hard, you know. Um, we don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> They're like, if you want to do this, we think you should do it when you're 18. But we'll support you with school and everything before that yeah so they put me in theater camp and you know all those kind of things so i did like a little play with theater camp and i was always involved in theater camp like totally not necessarily like really rich people like 
stay away theater camp where they did like real plays but like just the kind Broadway of like theater project like um <laughs> what's the other one uh french woods and all that shit I'm so jealous. I wish I had Jewish parents. I know, right? <laughs> like, God. <but laughs> We'd be so much further along. Uh, I know. Or hate it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But like, I, um, Mrs. Weisel paints it in an odd picture. Anyway. I begged to go to like the theater high school, but they said no because it was in a bad neighborhood. Yeah. I just got no's all the way. And then finally when um, – and I was drama club president, went to States, did all that in high school. Were you out yet? No. I didn't come out to uh, – myself till i was 21 my family till i was like 25 and then like the world until like five years ago wow that's crazy so it's a little crazy yeah Yeah, that's a journey right there oh that's a whole nother story i i feel like it is a long 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 (laughs) story uh but like being in theater camp and all of that like you're surrounded but i remember having so many crushes but i was in theater camp and there weren't gay people like and if they were they were closeted it was florida so everybody was still really uptight about all that i went to Musical theater college, and we only had one out gay person. Where did you go? Florida School of the Arts. Now, it's just like, it's a gay mecca over oh there. Oh, my like, God. All the kids are out, you know? But, like, when I was there, it wasn't like that. Like, I actually, there ended up probably being, like, four or five gays. Because uh-huh. we were just, like, a conservatory of 150 kids, and only 60 of them were acting in musical theater. So, it was, like, kind of small and concentrated. So, five of the kids I went to school with ended up being gay, but none of them came out until years after college. Oh, wow. We only had one out guy and he had a pride flag canopy over his bed and i was like that's not me that's like too much like too much yeah he was like a 10 and i was like maybe i'm a three i don't know like <laughs> but i found out quickly i was around a six <laughs> <laughs> i love it no i i think i probably had so many crushes on guys that definitely were gay like i, I mean if i could go back i mean i definitely would be like getting my dick wet <laughs> like everywhere just like having fun you know what i mean I, yeah. but it just wasn't that environment for me everything's changed i became actually super asexual and really? even though i was hypersexual i think i i gave off the vibes of like a person who wasn't you know yeah i, I was closing off my feelings to girls because i didn't want to lead them the wrong way mm-hmm. and i was closing off my feelings to guys because i didn't want them to know yeah and so i just i was i was very bottled up you know gosh are you really religious um i grew i did grow up christian because i feel like that plays into that, it too. it was a lot of it yeah i a also went to it. conversion therapy i'm sorry what i went to conversion <laughs> therapy <laughs> what um what did they make you do there just like uh psycho- psychological warfare like just you know trying to pray the gay away okay and then like also um telling me that like I was having bisexual thoughts because it was my mom's fault. And then maybe like tell my mom that, which was so horrible for her. What did your mom react to that she with? She cried. She was sad. She was really, de- it really hurt, broke her a little bit. Yeah. I bring it up now and she cries, even though we're so cool now. Like, yeah. But it was, it was hard and What's it was not fair. What's your mom's name? Denise. Denise. Denise DiCarlo Poole, Francesi Poole. Oh, yes. Yeah. No. All right. So you were in conversion therapy. I know. It's a wild ride. That's cool. Years. <laughs> no, I'm I'm happy you're and you do so much work for that community. Do you talk yeah. to like younger like I do. I do a lot of work for LGBTQ youth and homeless youth and for people living with HIV and AIDS and yeah. people just marginalized people in our community um underneath the rainbow. Um I'll, you know, uh, teen suicide and trans acceptance and anything I can to just sort of like um bridge the gap and make people feel like they belong so right yeah i feel like that's it like just know that like there's a place for you and that's okay there's a place (laughs) for us i just saw an advertisement for west side story 
Oh, you know the, that Steven Spielberg is making the movie right yeah, now. Yeah, it was for that. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I saw that. And then I, I got confused also because I saw that um, Lily Collins came out with like a TV version of Les Mis, but they're also doing like, oh, no, not Les Mis, Cats. Then they're doing like Taylor Swift, Cats, oh, all right, that stuff. Yeah. How do you feel about all these like movie musical things? Keep them coming. Keep them coming. Not so mad. We I just wish they them. would pick like cooler subjects because like we don't. Really need a cats movie, maybe like I did just see it at the Pantages. And it's it. I mean, they're slow points. Not gonna lie. What's the plot? It's just. It's like, hey, here's a cat, and a get ready. This cat's gonna tell you about another cat. <laughs> and then here's some more cats. Here's some more cats. And just when you think you met everyone, here's another cat. She's dying. <laughs> like it's just like what? Like what's this about? But yeah, for some reason, I saw it like three times on Broadway when I was like little. Like it was you know, just... the reason Cats was so successful is because it's the first Broadway musical that had a TV commercial. Uh, and it was like, beener, neener, neener, neener. and I loved it. It was amazing. And everyone, they interviewed people coming out of it. No one did that before. Now no. everything has a TV commercial. Everything. No. But that was like that, that, and then shortly after Chorus Line were like two of the ones that, for, and, and then Phantom were the ones that had commercials. Chicago had a commercial. Pippin had a commercial. Yeah, well, those were, everything has a commercial now. Yeah. But I'm talking about no, like the oh, old you mean ones. The OG ones. I only yeah. know because of the series you're not watching currently. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so those are like the first ones to have TV commercials. So everybody went to go see it. It was like when you thought Broadway, it was like synonymous with like Cats and Chorus Line. How do you feel about the Mean Girls musical? I loved it. I haven't seen it yet. It's fantastic. Damien's like the star of it, which was such a nice little thing for me to see. It made me feel very good. Oh. Yeah, he's like the whole thing. Like he him, is? him and Janice, but it really is. Damien's show. It's like more than Regina, more than anyone. And it's I mean, like so you cool. guys carried the movie. I'm not gonna lie. Whoa. Not throwing shade, but I love you, and everyone this loves you. A lot you. of weight on these shoulders. I, it's fine though. Um, I got so many questions about it, and it was just the 15th anniversary, right? Yeah. 15th. Yes. So did you? You were in New York for that? Yeah. Yeah. So like, what? Like, did you do any like special events? Like, what went on? Yeah, we that? did Comic Strip Live, and then we did Good Morning America, which was really cute. Are people still like fangirling? Yeah, just, every day, it. every day. I'm uh, like, I feel like I'm in Wizard of Oz or something. Like, it's just such a crazy movie to be a part of. It's that, legendary. Like, it's legendary, and everybody knows what it is. And <clears throat> like, if you don't know me, you could say like the guy from Mean Girl, and then you know who I am. It's yeah. like I'll have that my whole life. It's really nice. I um I wanted to know the process of like getting that, and um, it was hard. Again, nothing comes to me easy, girl. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, your birthday meatballs did. That, that, that was one thing. <laughs> Things are get looking up in the 41st year. So were you in L.A. or New York? What I was in New York, and um, I was in Party Monster, and the, the casting director who had cast, Susan Shotmaker, who cast me in Party Monster, was doing the New York casting for Marcy Learoff for um, Mean Girls. And she called me in, and I read for her, and then she called me, in, uh, called me back to read for Tina and Mark uh, Waters, the director, and... Um, you know, it was funny in the room, but they didn't really, according to the Each True Hollywood story, they liked me, but not my audition. Okay. Who knows what I did wrong. But, um, then they said, we're going to fly him out to LA. Uh We're going to put, let you have dinner with the cast and Lauren Michaels. And then you're going to do the table read. And then, um, we'll, we'll let you know after that. (laughs) So it was like so stressful and a total mind fuck. And I went out there and. I did the table read, and then I had to wait one more week, and they finally told me I had it. I was like, oh, thank God. And then I left like three days later to Toronto with only 
um, you know, clothes for California <laughs> entering Toronto winter. Oh, God. I had to buy, like, all new clothes in Toronto, but it was, like, worth it. It was fun. Yeah. No, yeah. that's great. Um, and I had a freaking blast. Yeah. Was it just the best time ever? It was the best. I was talking to John Bennett this morning, and just he, we were remembering things. Like, it's just, like, so much fun. Like, Do you have any favorite moments from being on set? Um, just so many things. There's so many things I can't even tell you. Oh, come like, on. You no, can tell us. No, no, really. Like, space. The, no, it was a lot of fun, but just trust me, it was fun. Okay, fine. I want to know what it was like, like meeting and working with Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Um, Amy, I had been a fan of from her Upright Citizens Brigade show on Comedy Central, mm-hmm. uh, and she just started in SNL. Tina, I had I didn't know really. I knew she was head writer of SNL, but that's all I knew about her. She wasn't on camera yet. Yeah. So this was like her just the beginning of all that for her. Okay. So I wasn't that intimidated by her, even yeah. though I found her to be lovely, you know. Um, I was really excited about working with Anna Gasteyer, but I didn't really get to that much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, making Amy Poehler laugh is like hearing, you know, it's like Jesus wept. It's like, it's something crazy. Ha- it's like so unbelievable. Like when, every time I made her laugh, I was like, I finished. I did it. I did it. You know I'm what dead, I mean? like, done. Yeah. Nail in the coffin. It's happening. It was really fun. Yeah. I want to know because you had such good chemistry with your Janice. Is it Lizzie? Lizzie Kaplan. Yes. Yeah. She did. Was that immediate or were like. For me how- it was. I was told by, I was like, you're going to love Lizzie. You guys are going to be real friends. And I couldn't wait to see her. And I think at first she was like, eh, about me. And then like. I warmed up to me right away and then we had so much fun together okay. and we remained really close for several years after that but then you know time changes life things. happens life happens yeah it's funny like I recently my boyfriend was like who's like your best friend and I feel like I have so many best friends that don't live here anymore that I yeah. don't talk to as much yeah she's like mostly in London now so it's like I never see her you know? but it's like you could pick up where you left off if you saw yeah her. if her and I were in a room I feel like it would go right back to square one do you think it's just like us all getting older and it's just like life I don't know I just like and I don't mean this in reference to her I just mean yeah. with, that, with that situation I don't like I'm too old to chase people anymore I'm too old to try to like impress people I'm too old for any of that shit so it's like I just don't and I don't mean old as an age it just means as an attitude like I just don't have the need for a million friends i you know yeah. i've had so like i made the mistake of thinking that everybody that i met that i became friends with was actually going to be my real friend and mm-hmm. you know revealing secrets to them right away and getting really close even though they're freely giving up their secrets and we're getting really close and then like the movie we're working on ends or the pro- the play or whatever and then it's like you don't ever see them again and you're like wow that person is out there and knows so much about me and pretends like they don't know me it's terrifying and so it's like uh, now i'm at the point where i I've been through the. I've been in the business f- since 1998, and so it's like a long ass time. And I feel like I'm in the place where, um, I know who my real friends are. My real friends were all there in 1998. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and the few that I've made along the way, I know that are going to stick with me. Mm-hmm. If I'm lucky enough, which I am, very fortunate enough to have like four or five really close friends, which is a lot, yeah. you know, then I don't need. 50 or 60 of them like I, these people are my colleagues and I always say like you know some of them will stop talking to me you know like I knew actors who like I was friends with that like then like you know would go on and go through the looking glass and become famous and like not talk to me anymore mm-hmm. but then like if I got an Emmy nomination it would probably come right back do you know what I'm saying yeah. and I'll let them come back they're like my colleagues they're not my friends yeah, it's exactly. like fine it's like let's go to, let's go to each other's birthday parties I don't need to like share secrets with you and like braid your hair 
<laughs> you can braid my hair whenever you want. Um, it's not mine; it's a weave, but still. Uh, I no, it's not. <laughs> it is. Oh yeah, it's all clipped oh in. Oh my god, you look fabulous. Oh, thank you. Um, so do you. <laughs> I um, I've been finding with like age and getting older, learning to say no to things, and also like keeping my cards closer to me has been more like helpful. Like not revealing all the information at once, which is hard because I feel like we're brought up to be like these open books and with social media and everything. Yeah. And also like when you're playing someone's brother or boyfriend or lover or whatever, anything you want to get close. Like, so you want to like know intimate things about each other Mm -hmm. to sort of like get closer with them. And I think that's like part of the trick. It's like a little mind fuck. I'm going to take another bite of meatballs. Please take all the bites of meatballs. Um, I want to know because I recently binge watched uh, Ryan Murphy's Versace mm-hmm. series and you grew up in South Florida. Mm-hmm. Like, did you guys go to the Versace mansion? Um, did you party around there? They used to have parties there a lot. Um, I never went because uh, okay. I think that happened like right at the time that I might have been able to go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I knew drag queens who used to perform there and do things there. Like, Wait, people, like, people would perform there? Yeah, like, I mean, for birthday parties and stuff. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. He was very involved in, like, the community there, so. Yeah. Have you seen that show? I did. I loved it. Oh, it was all the things. I had had nightmares for a little bit after it, but it's fine. It's all good. Um, What are you working on now? (laughs) Eating the rest of these meatballs. Eating all the meatballs. Um, Well, I'm on tour right now. Mm -hmm. I have this podcast. I'm going to be creating a second podcast in the fall. Oh, really? Um, Yeah. I want to do a podcast called Yas Jesus. Oh. It's just about like the fluidity of religion and how you don't have to follow like the way all these people are um, denying people or being exclusive or having like these really strong opinions. Mm-hmm. I think it's a modern way to look at through the lens of God in a way that fits our society today. Like that's something I want to talk about. And then because I think a lot of Christians, a lot of people who believe in God do that anyway, but yeah. then don't want to ever discuss it. Well, I think it's funny. Like, I grew up Catholic, you know, and I feel like the way people look at, like, crystals or, like, certain other things, it's very similar to how we... I know, and I'm like, (laughs) that's kind of weird to me that you'll pray to a rock, but you you find that it's weird to pray to God. You know, like, to me, that's, like, a weird thing. Or, like... um, And I'm not knocking crystals. No, I'm not knocking anything. They're great energy, and I love them, but it is Sure, but I'm also saying, like, I've seen people, like, you know, like, praise their hand to God in, like, churches, and people feel that that's weird or makes them feel awkward. But then they'll like cry and fall to their knees and like cry for Beyonce. It's like, <laughs> like I just think it's very weird. I mean, Danny, I have cried every single time I've seen Britney Spears step on a stage. Well, there you go. So yeah, but I, I get it. It is, you know? it is. I mean, it is kind of a religious experience, actually. So I'm working on that. Um, I'm also um, uh, taking my show uh, even further. I'm going to be trying to take it abroad more. Okay. And do things like uh, in other countries and get like, you know, and but spread it out. Have you toured overseas yet? I did. I had a really successful run in Scotland. Oh, and that's so, cool. Yeah, that was really cool. And so now I'm uh, I'm doing this play that I did called The Heart of Robin Hood. Oh. Uh, and I'm doing it in Hong Kong in July. So I'm going to do stand-up there. I'm sure there's a bunch of expats and stuff that would appreciate some of that. You I'm know? sure. <laughs> and then I'm going I'm, – I'm hosting all the panels at Drag World UK. Oh. So I'm like the official like host for all of the different panels. And so uh, I'm going to do my stand-up 
out there in like London, you know. Um, That's so cool. It's really fun. What's your writing process? I love asking people like how you, do you just force yourself to sit down every day? I know that I'm going to have do? to go through this again. I don't do this all the time now. But when I was first starting to write this hour, when I started like at ground zero, mm-hmm. I would write for like an hour in the morning, no matter what. And just keep filling my notebook and working. And then then um, when I started touring my show, I would I do an AMA after the show. And when I talk to in college, when I only a colleges though, okay. and I do like an AMA, and like it doesn't have to be about like my career, it could be about silly shit. Yeah. And then getting talking with the students and stuff, like it, it ends up anything they laugh at, I end up writing a joke about that night and putting it in the set, so they can't ask that question the next time. Ooh. And sort of like I built my show that way, and so That's I have like awesome. this like awesome, fun millennial proof show now. You know what I mean? Because it's like all jokes that I kind of wrote with them in improv situations, and then. um uh, so that's like basically it. But I take a lot of cell phone notes, a lot of listening, a lot of like going, sorry, I can't like annoying friends and stopping conversations. Oh, yeah. And putting pins and things. My storage is always full because my notes are so fucking long. Yeah. It's mostly <laughs> on my phone, to be honest. Yeah. I, I, every time I try a notebook, it's OK. Yeah. Um, but then um, after I have those things, I try. I do some writing exercises where I write lists and try to match things on lists and stuff to come up with punchlines. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Like, do you have like a favorite joke you're working on right now? Um, well, I'm trying to find a way to tell that Tide Pod story where it's actually with a punchline, do you know? Yes. That seems to be the one that I feel like is not fully figured out yet. I mean, it's just a story now, but eventually it'll be a joke, you know? And that's how it works. Yeah. I, before ever starting stand-up, I worked at the Laugh Factory, and we got to, like, every single night, it was when, like, Dane Cook was like, Dane Cook. You would, like, his jokes wouldn't hit for, like, six months, but it was cool because you got to see him do it every single night and see a change, and that's kind of, you'll figure it (laughs) Look at me trying to give you advice. Okay, Jacqueline. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you'll figure it out. <laughs> it's fine. Um, a few extra questions, and then I feel like we're going to get to your special read that we do at the end of the podcast. All right. um, I want to know like, who your favorite like influencer, not influencer, but like someone that influenced your life. Like, Who is that person to you? Com- comedically? Whatever you want to say. I'm going to talk about comedically, I guess, at this point. Yeah. Um, I've had people influence me in different ways, but... Comedically, I feel like Phil Silvers was really funny, and uh-huh. he was Sergeant Bilko, and he was um, on um, it's uh, it's a mad 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 world, which is like literally my favorite movie of all time. He's very funny in that. Besides Casino, and then yeah, and then um, uh, also Jackie Gleason was a big influence for me. Yes, a lot of the old guys like Sid Caesar, Don Rickles, Don Rickles, mm-hmm. um, uh, Milton Berle. Like my, my, I watched with my dad and grandmother comedy, so I watched a lot of the old greats, and got to like appreciate Bob Hope and a lot of these people's sense of humor. Um, so the old rhythm of like the dawn of golden age of comedy, you know, like Sid Caesar's your show of shows, like just like the, I mean, the writing staff was like, you know, um, Mel Brooks and Woody Allen and Neil Simon and just like these incredible writers, you know, and then all these incredible comedians performing on it. I mean, that was like a major time for comedy. So a lot of that stuff is like the root of where I come from. Uh And then it goes through the lens of like who I am as like a modern forward thinking futurist. Like, you know, so it's kind of weird. Like, but um, so that's comedically, I guess, like my biggest inspirations. Yeah. Um, Activism wise, hands down Elizabeth Taylor. I mean, I'm an ambassador for Elizabeth Taylor. Okay. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Just what she's done, like in her life, like the stories that I've met from people who have known her who said um 
you know, that she would come in like full like Elizabeth Taylor drag and like show up at like hospices when people were dying of AIDS and like kiss them on the face and make them feel human and have no fucking cameras there and just be there to like be there, you know, and and open up um, a home for women who needed help with HIV and open up um, a medical facility in Washington, D.C. And then, um, you know, um, even stories of allegedly her like doing like illegal drug rings out of her mansion, you know, to get people medicines that they needed, you know. Yeah. And I just think, like, how much can one person do? And every year I go with her family to AIDS Watch um, in Washington, D.C., and we lobby Congress. And her family, all of her grandkids are just as passionate as she is. And, like, I'm emotionally attached to each and every one of them and to the mission. And it's like, I heard a story where, like, all the cases of HIV in New York City used to be 51% from needle sharing. Mm -hmm. And then her and uh, Jose Serrano, the senator... Um, got needle exchange programs put into New York City, and now the the rate of infections from that are only or or zero point zero 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 one. Oh my god! So this is how one person, like yeah, she was a very wealthy, very famous, yeah. very very beautiful, like you know, well known person, but it's one person who is able to like shift so much culturally, and now. All of her jewelry from like that you can get like online or on QVC or whatever, and all the perfume, white diamonds, all of that. Mm. Um, her likeness of her photographs, all of that money goes to Elizabeth Taylor Yates Foundation. Wow! And it's like twenty five percent of her trust that pays for all the operating costs. So like our business cards, all that stuff are all paid for that way. Okay. And so every dollar that we raise, every single dollar goes directly to someone who needs it with HIV and AIDS. And I think that's so inspiring to me. That's incredible. And just like the way she fought, it makes me fight for other causes. I do work for Trevor Project, Alzheimer's Association, mm-hmm. um, anywhere I could like really lend my voice. I'm not the smartest person in the room and I'm not the most, you know, but, um, and I may not be the person who has the most needs, but um, people listen to me more. So it's they like definitely do. So if I use myself as a megaphone for the people who who don't really have as lot of a voice as I have, and I'll put all like links to all the stuff and organizations, yeah, that so people can check it out and donate or help out, even just donate your time, awesome. or post something, even a retweet. It really guys. helps. Follow them. Follow Elizabeth Taylor Foundation. It's amazing ah. just to watch the good work that they do and to see a lot of the quotes and images of of uh, miss taylor during her years like of what she accomplished um i my regrets not meeting her but i i do love her family very much well and i also love that she did all a lot of this without cameras around yeah you that's know? my whole point like a lot of this was just like her passion you know she she said she knew when she saw that gay people were the enemy that something had to be done yeah because she, hello she's the queen <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? Like, she had gay people around her forever helping her be... Be that. Be fabulous. Oh, my God. We all have... They were all her friends. Where and we her, get all the things from. The and her best friends were, were built ro- on that. You know, Rock Hudson was, like, one, her best friend and who was dealing with that problem and with the Reagan administration. I could get into it forever. But like, I mean, uh, I won't keep you that long on your birthday. <laughs> um, I love... I've heard you talk about relationships and stuff, and we normally talk about sports, but dating is sport here. And I know you've written, like, a five... Like, a principles of yeah. dating thing. Wow, you did your homework. And and I feel like the meatballs would be inspired to hear because I love your perspective on it. I wrote the Five Guy Guide. Um, it was published in Paper Magazine yeah. last year. And it is a way that I date when I'm looking to meet somebody. And it's how I've met all of my long-term relationships. Really? Yeah, I'm currently not on the plan because I don't want to meet anybody right now. You're <laughs> right. I'm like you were taking engaged. a break. We're, right. we're tapping out for a minute. We're taking a break. Okay. We're on tour. We're co- <laughs> We're married to our work, but like, are you open to things though? Or are you just, yeah, kinda... I say I am, but like, it's like, I, I don't even know what it would take at this point. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going like, I'm open. If somebody asked me out, I'd say, yeah, like, but I'm not like, 
I t- I'm straight up like you're mm-hmm. not gonna get a boyfriend out of me. Like change your perspective. That's usually how boyfriends happen. I uh, know. Well, we'll <laughs> s- I know, but we'll see. Do you um, have a crush, or do you have any people that like you're into? I don't know. You know how it is when you're dating that like the people that are really into you, you're not that into you know, or maybe you're just not into because you don't want to start anything, mm-hmm. and then the people who you kind of like like run away from you. It's like. It's a weird. It's a weird thing. Yeah. We I mean, walk. there are some people who are in relationships that maybe I'm like, well, I would, if that person wasn't in a relationship, I would be down, you know? Yes. Uh, but for the most part, I'm really enjoying being by myself. I love living by myself. I love working on my work. I love staying out as late as I want without having to answer anybody. I love touring the country without having to call and say goodnight. I love you to somebody every fucking night. Like, that was really exhausting. Like, uh-huh. to ha- you know, what are you doing? Oh, I'm getting a drink with who? Like, you know, all that shit. Like, I just don't want it, you know? It's like, um, I really can't wait to meet the person that I'm supposed to meet because that person is going to make my life easier. And I'm going to, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it, it's really got to be like easy, cheesy, lemon squeezy for me to be interested. I get that. So who, what are these principles that helped you get Well, it's not else? really principles. I just think it's like a, the five guy guide is basically you date five guys at one time, right? What? I know. But everyone always says like, well, how do I even meet one? But like, most of these guys are in your life, and I'll explain them, okay? So the first one's the cheerleader. That's the person that likes you more than you like them. Mm-hmm. We all have one, yep. right? Then there's the professor. This is the one that's harder to find, but this is the person who knows more about a topic that you're interested in than you know. Oh. Okay? Someone who can, like, like, I, like let's say I'm into jazz, and this person, like, knows everything about jazz. It's like, ooh, that's interesting to me. That's cool. And then there's... Um, the uh piner and this is the person who you can't be with for a certain reason maybe they're like an ex is ex or maybe they're they're like your boss at work or maybe they're just for whatever reason you shouldn't and you can't be with this person but it's still nice to like you know flirt or put on makeup or like get feel better for you know this person and keeping it platonic never ever crossing that line with this person okay there's reasons why right yeah and also love always breaks all barriers like if <laughs> if you fall in love it's like sorry like all bets off. Are off. right you know what yeah. I mean? the reason there's five is because even the piner has a shot right yeah so then there's the steady and that's the person that takes care of your vajayj do you know what i mean oh like, i like that that's the person that like you know knows your body you're comfortable with you can like hook up with when you need it and you know no slut shaming that person could be 30 people but like really yeah. I, I like to keep it down to like one to three because it's like um, uh, it has a purpose later and I'll explain. So then okay. the, the last one is uh, the wild card. And that's the person you meet at the party or you get set up on a blind date or you met online or whatever. And it's that's really – okay, so we'll go backwards. The wild card is really just about keeping an open heart and open mind no matter what's going on, no matter who you're dating. Okay. Until you've made that commitment to somebody, until you've had that conversation like, hey, we are going steady. That's it. We're not seeing other people. There's so many girls and guys that I know because this is for a method for dating men. Okay. Okay. So there's so many people who date men that I know that put all their eggs in that basket. They go, I'm just not going to see anybody because this guy is the greatest. He doesn't want to be single yet. He wants to be single right now, but I'm going to give him my full attention. No. And then they end up standing on the wayside. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And they're putting too much attention. You have to have like open heart, open mind until you have like that kind of a conversation. Then there's a ste- – go back to the steady. The steady is really good because it's somebody who's like comfortable with your body. It's somebody who like you know, you're familiar with. It's repeat business. So this way – uh, when you do find that person, you're not like hungry for strange. You're not thirsty. You're, you're right. You're, you're not pajiggity when shit goes you wrong. You know what it's like when you're with somebody for a long time and you're building a sexual relationship with them. That's yeah. kind of dope, you know? And then uh, the piner is really great uh-huh. because the piner, if you don't consummate the relationship, then you can still keep that friendship when you find the one. That's great. 
you don't mess up your workflow you know they could still remain your flirty work husband because it never went there it's never going to go there it's not going to happen with me and jeff or whoever do you know what i'm saying and it's fun to have that it's fun to have that yeah. and i think that it also lets you know when you are in a relationship that you could be totally attracted to someone and flirt with them and it doesn't have to go beyond that yeah you train yourself to say like i don't because I think that when that happens, when you're in a relationship, you're like, is my relationship failing? Why am I attracted to this person? No, you're like, a human you're being. Like, you're a human being. And it's a way just to be like, nothing ever happened with him. Like, I, like we're friends. Like, and that's it. And you can be honest about it. And it yeah. feels so good to be honest about that. Um, and then the professor is really great because you could take your time with the professor. He might be great in bed, but you could say to him, Hey, look, I got to get really up, up really early at like 5 a.m. Like, so we can only hang out till like Deuces. 10 and then at like 11 meet up with the steady. <laughs> That's like, great. because you can like make these guys wait and everyone always says, make them wait. And you're like, I know, but that doesn't, it's not realistic. But then it's like, if you have other plans, you you're can being kinda, authentic exactly. with it. And the cheerleader, it's just really great to have somebody that's in your corner that reminds you that you're worth some shit. Right. And when you take the pressure off of them, like, liking you so much, like, sometimes you can go, hey, this guy, like, is pretty cool. He knows a lot about jazz or whatever. Like, yeah. it takes time to really get to know somebody. But if you're putting, you know, if you're stuck in this, like, dead-end best friend situation, it's like dead weight. It's like taking sand yeah. to the beach when you're trying to meet somebody, you yes. know? And so I think that when you date all these guys, like, you're, all, you're the one other component is you have to have a date like once a week with yourself so you have to either take like a guitar course or like a painting course or you know um what's the exercise thing plyo dance plyo dance right? like, uh promo code meatballs that's it get yeah. money off. go any okay. of those kind of things right and then so that's for you you know and it should be something new when you're really looking for somebody because you might meet someone in that situation but also the worst thing that comes out of it is you bettered yourself you know yeah and so win, win. then pretty soon you're hanging out with these people and you're also busy you're busy you know you're busy lady you got shit going on in your life so you have to say i had a really great time but i could see you two thursdays from now yeah and some people won't stick around that long they'll like bail before the second thursday that's when you know they're not going to be around there when you have cancer or like when you really need them or you know anything like or just any golf a bit so it's like if you're you're gonna go away golf a bit (laughs) If you're going to go away in two weeks, go the fuck away. Like, get away. Yeah, like, get out. Save me. Bye. And I've got four other guys lined up, so I don't even worry about you anymore. I feel like it just keeps you balanced and it gives you power. Yes, it totally gives you the power back. You have the full power. And then someone's going to go, no, I know you like jazz. Well, in two weeks from now, you know, uh, Brentford Marsalis, or I don't know, I'm just pulling names out of my hat. But, like, is going to be, like, performing at B.B. King's Jazz Club or whatever. Yeah. Let's go there. It's on Thursday. And you go, oh, I'm going to have to cancel my painting, my guitar, my whatever it costs yeah. like and i'm gonna have to like hey, this person's gonna have to be worth some to move something and shift something oh yeah and once it happens then you start to go okay like this might be one of my suitors mm-hmm. and then you look in amongst your other palette of men and you go who's the other one that i like the most and then you say hey where are we at right now what's going on let's talk about that and then you have two suitors and one of them will end up being your boyfriend oh 100 100 if you follow wins. that to the t yep you will definitely find a man. And a lot – now, here's the whole demystifying thing. It's not really five guys, like, as much as it is. It's looking for them. It's, like, that keeps you distracted and busy and sort of, like – it's, like, deal a meal for dick. It's, like, you could just, like, think about, like, trying to find these different pieces in different men instead of trying to find all these different pieces in one man. Oh, yeah. Because it takes so long for those onion layers to peel and find out who this guy is uh-huh. that, like, you give it time to breathe. And that's what the trick is. And, I mean, girls have gotten married off of it. I've been in three long-term relationships from it. Like, it's just the best way to date, I think. Because it's in this society, in this modern way of dating, we live in a very swipe-left culture. 
and a very you know and it's just a really op- a great opportunity to give people time to breathe yeah wow yeah i feel like you just blew everyone's minds all right where can they find that article it's at paper magazine look up the five guy guide the five guy yeah. guide yeah. You're it might gem. even be called the five guy girl guide I think it fight. works for girls and guys. Yeah, it does. But I don't think lesbians date this way. I think this is no. like a men date. I, I just And men are already doing this. Men will date you and they'll be like, I don't want anything serious. And they already got five other girls lined up. Oh, totally. So this is just like, we're just taking it back. You know, I'm gay, so I know both sides. So I'm just like trying to bring it back to the people. Thank you. You're a martyr. Hey. <laughs> You know? Just doing my thing. Um, and that was just enough with Jacqueline. That's usually the sports section. But I feel like that you just taught <laughs> us dating is a sport. It's like fishing. Like, you know, some of them you want to mount. Some of them you want to, like, take pictures of. Throw some back. of them you don't take pictures <laughs> with. Some of them you brag to your friends are better than they were. You know? <laughs> Definitely. <it's, laughs> some you just take home right away and devour and forget to take a picture with and never oh, see again. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> some, it's just the catch is fun. Right. <laughs> That's it. You know? And some of the big one, the, the one that got away. <sighs> and then some of them are just like the one you could never get. Oh, God. What a good analogy. Yeah. I've done some of my best fishing in South Florida, actually. All right. I believe yeah. it. Florida Keys. I believe it's great. it, um, All right. You got that bait. I see Oh, oh God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, guys. Um, we have made it to the end. Normally, I have my guests do a reading of a Lady Gaga song. Okay. Um, because she retweeted a parody I did of A Million Reasons once. So, no, I think we're best friends um, in my head. And I picked out a song and then I picked out a Britney lyric but then I also pulled a scene from my cousin Vinny that I thought would be very fun for us to read I'm into that right I feel like that's the most fun do you want to be Vinny or Mona Lisa I know who I want you to be who do you want me to be I want you to be Mona Lisa okay (laughs) (laughs) okay and this is Daniel Francesi am I saying it right yeah okay thank god um doing Vinny my cousin Vinny all right What's the matter with you? I don't know. You're acting like you're nervous or something. Well, yeah, I am. What are you nervous about? I'm the one under the gun here. Trial starts tomorrow. You want to know what I'm nervous about? I'll tell you what I'm nervous about. I'm in the dark here with all this legal crap. I have no idea what's going on. All I know is you're screwing up and I can't help. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's not me. You left me that little camera, didn't you? Oh, Vinny, I'm watching you go down in flames and you're bringing me with you and I can't do anything about it. And? And, well, I hate to bring it up because I know you have enough pressure on you already, but we agreed to get married as soon as you won your first case. Meanwhile, it's 10 years later. My niece, the daughter of my sister, is getting married. My biological clock is ticking like this. And with all the way this case is going, I ain't never getting married. Lisa. I don't need this. I swear to God, I don't need this right now, okay? I got a judge that's just aching to throw me in jail, an idiot who wants to fight me for $200, slaughtered pigs, giant loud whistles, I ain't slept in five days, I got no money, a dress code problem, and a little murder case which in the balance of the lives of two innocent kids, not to mention your biological clock, my career, your life, our marriage. And let's see, let's see what else we can pile on. Is there any other shit we can pile on the top of the outcome of this case? Is it possible? Maybe it was a bad time to bring it up. Insane. Oh my God, you just made a dream of mine come true. Oh, well, happy birthday. Marissa Tomei, on the cover of, the, not on the DVD, but on the cover of the VHS of this, mm-hmm. was wearing a pair of glasses with her legs crossed leaning on a car mm-hmm. and looked exactly like my mother. <gasps> My, oh my mother God. had those glasses, everything. 
You need to send us that picture. I'll find it. That's amazing. I wish I had a side by side. I don't. The gla- my mom had those glasses though. That's epic. Can you tell Denise she's welcome here whenever she wants? You heard that, Mama D. <laughs> Mama D. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, pip yourself out again. Tell the meatballs where they can find you. And you see can you. follow my mom at, at Noni, N-O-N-I-D-E-D-E, Noni D-D on Instagram. <laughs> or Real Italian Mom, because we forgot to put the I in. Real Italian Mom on Twitter. Um, you can find me at What's Up Danny. On uh, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, blackpeoplemeet.com, JDate, Christian Mingle, Farmers Only, and Venmo. Uh, definitely and Venmo Snapchat. him. It's his yeah. fucking birthday. Yeah, Venmo me. It's my birthday. <laughs> Send him a present. Oh my God. <laughs> and we will definitely post all the links to all of the different organizations you work with. Yes, and I have an Amazon wish list too. <laughs> oh, and an, I'll post that. God, you're, this is going to be 41 <laughs> is your year, babe. Yeah, you're going to have 41 links. <laughs> Well, thank you. So- grazie for being here. Thank- grazie to you. No. Prego. You're amazing. Hey. I mean, I'm finally getting over not making it into Jersey Shores. Uh. You're forgiven. <laughs> you're uh. amazing. No, thank you for being here. You're the best. Meatballs, you're the best. And um, we'll de- I'll definitely see you at uh, Weekend Brunch. Let's do it. Let's do it. Bye. Just put your paws up. Because you were born this way, baby. My mama told me when I was young, we're all on superstar.